You're listening to the Stay Sore Podcast, where we talk about physical, financial, and emotional strength. Why stay sore? Because nothing good comes easy. Here's your host, Bo Skitsko. All right, guys, welcome back to the Stay Sore Podcast. I'm your host, Bo Skitsko, and in today's episode, we're talking about leadership. I'm very, very excited to have with me here today, Julius Chach. Thank you so much for having me. And um, we're talking about leadership today. And you, right now, you're retired, correct? Correct. But I'm still working on a consulting basis with a a few firms. Understand. But you used to be the CEO of more than just one big companies, correct? Right, I was uh, I was the well, I was director of utilities and commissioner of water for the city of Cleveland, uh, running their regional water system, which served uh, sixty over seventy over seventy communities here in the Northeast wow. Ohio area. Uh, over a million people served. Uh, had a workforce of about seventeen hundred people, and uh, over two hundred million dollar operating budget. Wow. Another another couple another. Hundred million dollars in capital uh, programs, uh, and then I, from there I went over to the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District, which is a regional uh, sewer utility uh, serving sixty communities. Uh, again, a two hundred million dollar operating budget, another two hundred million dollars in capital uh, projects, uh, and uh, you know, again serving a million people. So wow, it's quite a it was. Yeah, it's been quite a career. It was spanned over 40 years. Um, you know, when I was with the city, I worked under five different mayors. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, at the sewer district, it was a different governance model there. We had a we had a seven-member board that I reported to a CEO. And then when I retired from there, I went on the board for, I was on the board for three years. And currently, as I said, I'm working, uh, doing some consulting work for for three different firms, Mm-hmm. And I'm also uh, sitting on uh, four uh, non-for-profit boards. So this sounds like you have a lot of experience and you're the right person to mm-hmm. talk about leadership. How, how many how many people did you have overall working underneath you as employees? Yeah, well, at, this, at the city of Cleveland, I had 1,700 employees, uh, you know, and, uh, and then when I was at the sewer district, I had 850 employees. So it was quite a few employees, uh, obviously different levels of, of, of employment and management uh, throughout the ranks. I understand. Okay. So you're most definitely the right person to talk about leadership. Uh, I'm sure our listeners are interested in that, but me personally as well, because as you know, I'm running a small mm-hmm. business and I want to pick your brain. I want to learn some things mm-hmm. from you. And I have, uh, I love writing things down so I don't forget anything. I have like a really messy list of things I want to ask you. I just keep writing and making uh, notes here so I don't forget anything. So uh, if I want to start with right away with the really, really rough question, you think you're a good leader? Well, I, you know, we had pretty good success at the organizations I, I was at. So yes, of course, I think I think I did a pretty good job uh, leading those organizations. I mean, they were uh, government-based organizations with a lot of politics uh, involved in them. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of diversity in the type of workforce uh, that we had. Uh, so it was a lot of moving parts uh, that you know I've been I was able to successfully manage and and to work through five different mayors. 
yeah. You know, uh, so you, you have know, been he, doing this for a long time, correct? That's Five right, 40 years. 40 years, right? Wow, wow. Okay, what, what's the hardest part about being a leader and having so many people work for you? Or well, you? It, it's it's managing the people. Uh, you know, I mean, you think about you know uh, whether it's whether it's five people or you know two thousand people. I mean, you know, it, there, there's a there's a diversity in how they view things and how they live their lives, and you know um, the experiences they're going through, and you know, and everything. So you have to you have to be responsive uh, to them. You have to keep the team. Uh, together and uh, you know, and there's going to be challenges. I mean, you're going to have you're going to have divisive people in the organization. You're going to have the company people in the organization, and productive and non-productive, and all various different types of um, issues that come along with just managing people. Different and belief then, systems, belief systems, and yeah, right. And then then there's the customers. I mean, you know, there are people as well, I, I and understand. so you know, so it's all about people. Moving parts, right? right. Logistics right. and all the moving parts getting together. Mm -hmm. um, the hardest topic, it seems like, for for uh, CEOs is firing people. How many people did you have to fire over your experience? Oh, there's quite a few, uh, you know, and and that's probably it is a very difficult. I mean, if you're if you're an empathetic uh, person, uh, okay. you know, and and you. You feel what some of these people have to go through in their their daily lives and stuff like that. You know, it could be very difficult. And uh, I think when I was young, uh, when I first started out, it was uh, obviously it was a lot more of uh, difficult. Uh, you know, through experience, you learn how to to deal with uh, deal with firing in more humane ways. I mean, there are those people, by the way, that that just you know really test your leadership and give you the opportunity <laughs> give you the opportunity to show everybody else what happens you know when when uh, somebody's not uh, you know part of the team and uh, so those are a little easier okay. to deal with but most often uh, it, th these are real human beings they're having real issues and and uh, they have to uh, be let go and now fortunately uh, it was fortunate I only had a couple experiences where we had layoffs Okay. And, uh, and, uh, but, you know, those, that would, those would be very difficult to, as well because they're, you know, some people who, but for no fault of their own, are, are have, having to be let go. But, you know, you have to, you have to be able to build up the, uh, the experience and the fortitude to deal with, do what you have to do for the, to keep the company alive I for understand. everybody else. I understand. You mentioned being empath empathetic. Does being empathetic make you a better leader or a worse leader? No, absolutely better. Uh, you know, you everybody's watching you. I mean, they're 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 watching. I mean, I've I've had I've had even bosses that uh, weren't so empathetic, and you know, they basically ruled on ruled uh, through fear, and that's a short lived that's short lived leadership. I mean, you just you just not because everybody's watching you, and uh, they're going to, in their own little ways. They're going to turn on you within the organization. And so you're going to rot from within. So, yeah, so showing empathy and, and, and is, is a strength. Uh, and so it's definitely a strength. Being empathetic and showing the empathy But is doesn't that make it harder on you as a person when you lead, when you're empathetic? No, no. I mean, because, again, you, you, know, you know what you, you have to have the confidence and, and know what you need to do to keep the organization uh, moving forward.
Okay. Uh, you know, and sometimes you have to just make them tough decisions. Yes, I'm empathetic to this employee's uh, issues that, mm -hmm. that they're having personally, but from a work standpoint, it is affecting everybody else and a decision has to be made. Understood. Understood. Um, so you mentioned empathetic. What are other two or three qualities that a great leader should have in your yeah. opinion? Well, I think one of the biggest things uh, is, and this, this is from a, a leadership standpoint, but also even with some of the employees and, and you know, and some of the, uh, some of the managers that I've had to manage is self-awareness. Okay. Okay. Self-awareness is huge. Uh, you have to be aware of your own shortcomings and, and how you're, and how you're perceived and how, um, you know, and, and how you form your opinions mm -hmm. of, uh, of other people and situations. And so self-aware, the hardest, the hardest, uh, people to manage are those that lack self-awareness. And so if I have, uh, and I've had people underneath me as managers that lacked self-awareness and that, that was then tough to, uh, to uh, for them to lead through in the organization and required me to have to make some changes with them. But so self-awareness is, is really, really huge. Confidence is huge. Um, so when yeah. you say self-awareness, you mean knowing your strengths and weaknesses? Knowing your own strengths and weaknesses, knowing how you're perceived and how you're coming across. How do you find out how people see you? Well, you got you 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 got to communicate with them, and you got to make them feel at ease that they can that they can express their own selves. I mean, I've had you know, like I I would walk into I walk into meetings, and I would mostly listen, okay, unless I really had something really important I had to get out. Mm -hmm. You know, I was I was a listener, and okay. I would get get all their views and make them feel comfortable that they can express themselves. And there's so there's just so many ways that a, a a manager, if you're strong within your organization, will get feedback on yourself, mm -hmm. All, whether it's directly or back channels or whatever. Okay, you're going to get like feedback. Usually, on it's back if, channels. If, if your employee, if you're if you've got a lot of leaks, okay, within your organization, a lot of information is leaking out that shouldn't be getting out. Whether it's leaking out within in other parts of the organization or leaking out externally. You know you have a problem okay. with confidence from your your employees. Okay, interesting. Yeah, interesting. So empathy, self awareness, confidence, anything, confidence, anything uh, else? Yeah, and uh, yeah, and as I as I said, just uh, being open, and uh, you know, I always tried to be really open uh, okay. with with the uh, people that worked with me. What about things that a leader should most definitely not do or have qualities a leader yeah. should get rid of as fast as possible, in your opinion? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the, uh, um, consistency, uh, you know, people that are inconsistent because they, they because they're, well, you know, emotion, you know, emotional okay. um, emotions that get the best of them. Okay. is not a good thing. Uh, you know, people are looking for a consistent a leader and we know where this person is is generally okay come from there'll be surprises of course but generally uh, there's a consistency that they they learn how to deal with you uh you know and you know and like i said uh, you know i think that we put a lot of attention on um iq okay uh you know uh, you know uh, intelligence quotient okay. but emotional quotient 
okay. you know, EQ being emotionally intelligent becomes is is way more important. IQ without EQ is okay. a zero. I understand. And uh, so you know, being emotionally uh, stable for for the organization, and you know, and you're going to have you know, I've had crises that have come up mm -hmm. uh, during my my career. Uh, whether it was at 2003, we had the total blackout, electrical blackout, which knocked out all of our water pumps, mm -hmm. and we couldn't pump while, while pump water out to the customers. So how many people was, were affected by that? Hundreds of thousands of wow. people. Okay, that's, were that's affected right for there. for hours, okay. and we didn't know when it was was going to end. And so you know, we had I had I had to take leadership in that situation. And not only plan for how we're going to manage the situation there, but how we're going to start planning for the recovery okay. when the power comes back, and uh, you know, let everybody do their job while I take all the the uh, political or or uh, external uh, issues that are mm -hmm. come mm -hmm. cropping up from it. So there's going to be crises, and if you're not emotionally set for these type of things. Uh, you know, then you're going to lose. You're going to lose your your team from a leadership standpoint because they have to do their job mm -hmm. during a crisis. How how do you learn emotional intelligence? Is that a time thing? Is that an experience thing? How do you learn? I, yeah, that? I think it's mostly experience. Uh, you know, and uh, a lot of it's within the person too. And again, that comes back to self self awareness. Okay. I mean, you how do you how do you mold yourself? To be able to to deal with uh, the emotional issues that are coming up, and you know, and a, cri a crisis, uh, the biggest example of the type of emotional issue. I mean, it, it you know, it, it could be, it could be that, or it could you know, it could be it could be an operational crisis, it could be a management crisis, you know, or it could be even something where some people are doing something criminal within the organization. Did you ever have that happen? Or, yes, I have, both both internally in the organization and externally amongst some of the vendors okay. that we've had. So it's a, you know, these are the times that you have to uh, really pull all your personal resources mm -hmm. together to, to keep your leadership uh, uh, intact. So uh, I think this is something that people like to listen most uh, without mentioning any names or any concrete things, would you be able to share any crisis or legal crisis stories? Anything interesting that you had to go through? Sure. Yeah, I had I had a, a group of um, well, I had a, a, a an employee who was who was running a uh, running a scam out of our procurement uh, department, and okay, uh, wow. yeah, was basically. Uh, Working with uh, some contractors and uh, stealing, basically stealing money from the organization, and he was getting bribes. At the same time, I had I had a, 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 some contractors that were had an, had a, a a a scam going where they were bribing uh, public officials. Wow. Okay, and that, those th two things were going on at the same time. Uh, the um, the one in turn, the one with the procurement scandal involved a number of employees within, and you know, obviously, I didn't know at the time that I, at the time the federal government started investigating that I didn't know what was what what it was all about. Okay, so I had to scramble and try to find out. Okay, well, what what was going on here, and you know, and I had to get and tried to get in front of 
the situation before it hit into the into the public mm-hmm. realm and uh so I was able to I was able to learn everything uh that was going on before it became public I was able to fire uh, the perpetrators before it became public, so that when it did become public, they were all former employees. They were not employees. I understand. So you had to be anymore. a step ahead. So it was a scramble. But at the same time, there was this other investigation uh, that was going on ab- among some large consulting firms that were that were uh, paying off public officials, not re- not um, not related necessarily to my organization, mm-hmm. but somehow got me dragged. Okay. Into okay. it personally. And uh, so I had to find, find out what that was all about at the same time and, and get ahead of that situation, which I was able to do and come out of that uh, clean. But both these things were going on at the same time. And I think the, the key thing with this whole thing was, is that, uh, you know, I never let the organization, I had to do this without the organization knowing how much stress or stress I was under okay. or how much, um, you know, how much, how, you know, or what, what was really going, I had to keep, keep everybody calm mm-hmm. during the whole thing. So it was a, it was, there was a multifaceted type of emotional roller coaster. Okay. So you have to keep your, you have to keep your cool. You have to stay confident right, and not show any, any sense of, let's say weakness or emotion that's right okay right. yeah okay. that's right. probably pretty challenging i would assume it was it was extremely uh, challenging uh, probably the most challenging uh, moments of my life that that lasted for a couple of years wow i mean it didn't okay. it wasn't just like a week mm-hmm. this went on for a couple of years cuz if you find out with the federal government moves very slowly <laughs> when they're investigating which is which is not a bad thing because it gives yeah, you know, time like myself, to react. Time to yeah, get, gather myself and react for the organizational stand for the organization's uh, standpoint. So how how do you not let these things? And I'm assuming you had a lot of these stories. Mm-hmm. How do you let these things not affect you when you come home? How do you separate work, stress, yeah. and then home life? Well, that's kind of a. I think that's kind of a, a personal trait. Okay. A standpoint. Uh, I tend to be, uh, I tend to, I don't dwell on things. How do you I, teach me? I need I, that. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think this is something, I think I was just born with some sort of attention deficit disorder or whatever, okay. because okay. it's like, you know, I can be thinking of something uh, now and in five minutes, I'll be thinking about something else, okay. uh, you know? And so again, that, that was a self-awareness thing for me mm-hmm. and I, so I was able to change my thinking over I mean there's so many things we have going on right I mean we we can certainly change our own direction it's a self-control mm-hmm. issue Definitely. change our change our direction as to what we're thinking this this thinking right now I'm dwelling on it too much it's kind of now we're getting into the counterproductive realm so yeah I'm going to think, start thinking about another issue Okay. Uh, that I have. It's, you know, they're, they're all, it's like this puzzle is, is uh, got me stymied right now. I'm going to put that down and work on this puzzle. I understand. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I don't know how to do it. And it seems like you think it's a, it's a thing that you have within, right? Yeah, it's, it's somewhat within, but also it's, it's 
you know, I'm, I've gotten to, I had gotten to the level, like when, when that incident came up, I was at the level was, I was very experienced. I understand. At that point in time. And I had, I had tried out many things mm-hmm. personally to, in, in managing myself. Yes. To manage the organization. So I knew what worked. Okay. I understand. I understand. Um, do you think as a leader, you learn from mistakes or successes more? Well, I think uh, mistakes are pretty strong. Strong uh, teachers. Strong teachers. I mean, I, I used to say that, uh, you know, that, you know, I had, I had people that I learned from. Mm-hmm. And I probably learned more of what not to do from some of these people than what to do. Okay. Okay. Uh, because you saw their failures. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have your own, you'll have your own and uh, they'll stick with you. You I know, bet, and yeah, but that didn't work, so I had to try something else. But being flexible and and agile, mm-hmm. and knowing this is going down the wrong path, and changing gear. So being able to pivot. Yes, pivoting is is important. But okay. uh, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, fortunately in my career, the uh, your mistakes have been not too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in the, in the, we were talking about the, uh, the crises of, uh, the corruption issues that I had to deal with. Well, no, I had to sit back after those were, after I was, those were behind me and said, what did I do? What did I, what should I have known? And what did I do wrong mm-hmm. that got me into that? So it wasn't like blaming everybody else. Okay. All the people that were the perpetrators. Uh, you know, they were certainly to blame and they got their punishment. But what did I do? I understand. To how allow this, uh, to occur or what didn't I do? I understand. So as a leader, you don't, as a leader or as a good leader, you don't think how, why did these people do wrong? But you rather think, how did I let that happen? Exactly. I understand. You know, and, you know, and obviously, you know, the old saying that the buck stops here is, mm-hmm. is, you know, couldn't be any more important for a leader. Okay. Um, so so. W- when you were talking about your crises and uh, you said, I will deal with the outside, the political stuff of it, and I let my employees do their work. So let's talk about delegation. I think as a leader, mm-hmm. um, it's sometimes really hard to to find that balance between mm-hmm. controlling, micro-controlling, micromanaging, macro-managing, delegating work so things get done mm-hmm. because you can't do all of it. Would you have any any advice? Because especially when small business owners start, they have to do everything. How yeah. do you slowly How do you slowly let go and let people do their work and not spend time on things that can get done without you? Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't run big organizations. I mean, you, you virtually had to delegate. I mean, there was just, there was I just you just that. couldn't possibly do do everything. Um, but it was hard at, at first because, you know, you, you want to do everything, especially things that you're interested mm-hmm. in. I mean, you know, we'll all find our our, our within the organization well like the engineers they're always they're if 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 i was an engineer which i'm not Mm -hmm. and i was running that organization i'd probably be all into all into the engineering uh department uh but uh no you so at beginning it's it's kind of difficult and then when you learn that you just i mean over time you just learn that you just can't do it all i mean you know if you want to be successful i I understand let's face it i mean you have to duplicate yourself to get somewhere correct right and uh, then after a while, it's through experience, it just becomes easier 
and easier. And then building up the trust factor and the people that you have working okay. working with you. Is, um, is there like a step by step kind of way to delegate more and more and learn if that person is able to do the work that was delegated or not? Sir, uh, certainly. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you. Yeah, I mean, you, you look, you watch their successes and failures, and mm -hmm. you know, and that adds to your confidence in them or non-confidence in them. And okay. then, obviously, if it's non-confidence, then a change has to be made. And you know, you and again, you can't you can't let that fester. I mean, it has to be done fairly uh, quickly, just for the uh, confidence of the overall organization. Mm -hmm. And you know, in the case of small businesses or even large businesses, the You know, and even uh, governmental businesses, the the finances, and you know what it takes to keep the business going. Okay, uh, I have uh, a slightly different question as as for for leadership. Um, do you build rather personal relationships or professional relationships? Because one can be more dangerous than the other yeah. one, but one can also get you more loyalty. So what's what's the balance? What's the Well it's it's predominantly professional relationship. I mean there obviously there are some relationships within organizations that become professional plus, let's call it. Okay. Okay. I mean it's never really a personal So you want to stay away from yeah. building personal, personal relationships or at home, okay, and, and with the friends. I mean, now, now it's not to say that we don't go, we don't um, so that there aren't there isn't a certain level of healthy social activity mm -hmm. that goes on mm -hmm. uh, that appears to be personal relationships, but it really isn't. Okay, I, I, I told me these are my work associates. Okay. You know, they're really not, they're really not friends because once we cross that friendship line, then it gets very difficult, uh, to manage. I understand. So if always, I was always mindful of, you know, there, there were people that were closer to me than others, mm -hmm. but it was never personal. Never crossing that line. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so would you, would you like make a point that Uh, when you are in a leadership position, that personal relationships could be dangerous. They 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 can be. Okay, they okay. can be absolutely. It's it you know, it's tough to manage somebody that you're you know, that you have a personal personal feelings I about of any kind. I'm not talking about male female. I'm talking about of, of any kind, even friendships. Uh, correct. Right. Right. Yeah, okay. Kind I understand. I understand. Um, okay. Uh, good to know. Good to know. I think we a, a lot of business owners or leaders know that but still yeah. sometimes get into that dangerous area of crossing that line yeah it's one of those things that it's one of those things you just have to keep in your mind I understand. you know when you're self-assessing every day mm -hmm. you know where is this going how how is this going how is this perceived you know and uh, you know you can't if you're in a large organization like mine you cannot avoid people having perceptions yes okay Uh, they're going to be out there, but you don't need to feed. I understand those perceptions. I understand. So uh, before we did this interview today, I asked on my social media um, what people would like to hear if I would interview a CEO, mm -hmm. and we had some questions. I wanted to ask you some of mm -hmm. them, and some of them uh, I personally wanted to qu ask you as well. So uh, let's start with the first one: uh, ethics. 
during leadership, ethics, and also like what drives your decisions, the balance sheet of the company, the people, uh, your personal beliefs and ethics system. Like, uh, would you be able to say something about that? Well, ethics is extremely important. And we talked a little mm -hmm. bit about the, the crisis of, uh, of criminal investigation mm -hmm. stuff. And you, you could not, you know, as a leader, you couldn't survive something like that unless people thought you were of a high, you had high ethical okay. standards. Uh, so, I mean, you know, people, you know, would, you know, there was a lot, there could be a lot of rumors out there about, well, this, that, there, but you gave, you gave people no reason to believe that you would ever have a lapse in ethics to be a part of that. So that's why ethics are so important. Now, obviously, the, the financial position of the company is extremely important. I mean, I've, I've, you know, even though we were government, um, entities and quite frankly, monopolies, mm -hmm. I always, yeah, I, I told my, I have told my predecessors and both organization, uh, successors in both of my organiza organizations that watching the finances is the most, most important thing you can do. No money, no business. Okay. Okay. And so you want to keep this business going. We had to be financially healthy. So I, I guess, you know, I can't put one really over the other. Uh, they're, they're both important to each other. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, I, 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 you know, obviously I put the premium on, on the, on the ethics. Do you, th so there, there's this dilemma of, from what I understand to rephrase what you just said is, um, having a high level of ethics, personal ethics as a CEO or so a leader, uh, gets the, uh, loyalty of the mm -hmm. employees higher, correct? That's correct. And, and, the, and the customers uh, that you're, okay. that you're dealing with. But on the flip side, if the balance sheet is doing poor, you run into the problem of maybe having to fire people or lay yeah. off people. So that becomes an ethical issue as well. So you right. have to balance those right. two. You have to balance them, but the ethics, ethics is, you know, on top, on, on top. Okay. Comes to, uh, Good to know. You know Good to know. What's it, what's the most important? Because, you know, without the ethics, your company is going to be your company is going to be at risk. I understand. I'm Anyhow. I'm glad you said that. Right. So ethics come first, balance sheet second. Uh, how much do you think? How much hands-on uh, time do you need to spend when delegating? Do you have to be a lot involved? Not a lot involved? How much training do you have to do for the people underneath you so they can teach the people underneath them? How much hands-on time do you have to have? For people, for you to feel involved and not distanced. No, it, yeah, really. I mean, I, I didn't. It, for me, it did, it wasn't that uh, time consuming at all. Okay. Uh, you know, I had my direct reports, mm -hmm. and that's who I had to evaluate. You know, it, it was it was probably eight direct reports in each organization I was at that I had to manage, and I held them accountable, and then pushed that down to them. To delegate okay, so. down, and of course they they had to meet a certain standard that uh, my you know my standard for mm -hmm. for management. Uh, okay. Again, if I you know, I had one, I, for instance, I had uh, one um, manager who just lacked self awareness and was you know rankling the employees underneath that person, and obviously that had to be had to be changed. 
how do you change that? Well, yeah, you you have to. You have, you know, we go through an evaluation system. I mean, you have to see. You have to have. A, you have to have face to face. Okay. With these people, and you have to let them know how you feel and what you're seeing, and give them an opportunity to correct. Okay, so themselves. you give them opportunities to correct, or do you tell them how to correct it? No, you give them opportunities. Let them prove themselves. Right, let them prove. Tell them where where I think the shortcomings are. You know why are why are we having so much turnover mm-hmm. of employees in this organization? Why are people always wanting to transfer out of your operation? Okay, or why am I hearing so many complaints mm-hmm. from employees in this organization? In your in our in your part of our organization, and uh, you know, then we we discuss what goals and what uh, opportunities there are to turn this turn it around, and then we see how they how they do, and okay. and, uh, and hopefully they're most most of the time they've been they were successfully turned it around. Sometimes not so much. I understand. In a situation like that, with with that particular person, or with similar situations, do you believe rather in? Uh, Positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement? Oh, po- uh, positive. Positive. Um, mostly, yeah. Okay. I, I, I never liked when somebody was reduced to tears. In my okay. Office. Okay. So, uh, so positive was uh, positive was always uh, better because I want actually actually you have to you, I wanted the person to succeed. Okay. Now, in honesty, there 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 were times when you just knew it was kind of a lost cause. And you still um, put the time in. Still well, give it you a still chance? have to put the time in because you know you, you know in in our world here, uh, you know it's uh, litigation is you know can be just around the corner. Yes, and so you have to put the time in and do the right things in order to uh, to get to where you know you're going to have to to go. So there's, there's a certain level of patience that okay. has to be that has to be employed. I understand. I understand. Um, on leadership, is there any sources or books? Besides, obviously, besides the book I wrote and yeah. published, are there any books you would recommend for people to become better leaders? Yeah, you know, I've not been a book reader. Okay. Uh, so my whole life, I've not been a book reader. So okay. no, I mean, I, I just, I just basically went on my experiences and and my you know internal thought process and uh, and what I, what has worked for me over time. Okay. You know that was kind of that was kind of a a shortcoming early on in my career because you know I didn't go into it with any particular into the uh, you know I started at 28 years old wow and so I went in you know as a complete knucklehead like anybody <laughs> else at 28 yes. would be and I had to learn from hard knocks okay okay uh, the employees taught me real quick as so, to what was good and what was not good so so you know I didn't have any real books or any You know, papers that I read on management mm-hmm. that were going, that were going to get me into deep thought. Now, of course, I went to college and you know took the business courses and you know and we had we had business law and we had and we had uh, uh, you know uh, ethical ethics classes on okay. business and stuff like that, which I probably I actually retained more than I thought I did. Okay. With the, that I was able to apply. Okay, uh, this brings up a really interesting question for me personally, even. And I, I really need an honest answer from you. Do you think school prepared you for that? Or do you think real-life experience and all the, like you said, the hard knocks prepared yeah. you more? Yeah, school school, yeah, school prepared me more than I, than I thought. 
Okay. okay, but it wasn't overwhelming for sure. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, it was it was little little things here and there that I was able during during being in practice of management that I was able to think back to. Oh yeah, I did learn. Okay. I did okay. learn that uh, from from school. It was more hard knocks than okay. anything else. Uh, you know, and and uh, you know, I mean, I you know, when I first got in there at, at 28 years old and got thrust into into the you know the highest level of management, uh, you know it was it was just some revolting by some of the employees taught me well that seems to be going all wrong. I think I'm gonna have to change that, and so yeah. so that was that, yeah that's where I got most of my learning. Okay, um, I don't want to make this interview too long, and mm -hmm. if the listeners or the viewers have uh, more questions for Julius, please leave. A comment or contact me at boskitsko at gmail.com. Um, we can sit down and talk more in depth about these things. But mm -hmm. before we finish, do you have any last words of wisdom as far as career growth, personal life, anything you like biggest standout lesson you have learned throughout your career, your personal life in general, anything you would like to share, a big lesson that you discovered for yourself? Yeah, I mean, for me, if you know, I mean, I know a lot of a lot of um, there's a lot of buzz around this word diversity. Okay, and uh, you know, diversity is not just a black, white, brown, white, mm -hmm. female, male. I mean, it's 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 just uh, it's just uh, embracing diversity of the workforce that okay. you're dealing with and the customer customers. Mm -hmm. That you have, and and really trying to understand, you know, where everyone uh, is coming from, and okay. how different everyone is, because you you can't one size is not going to fit all for dealing with people at the people whether it's internal or external. Okay, and uh, so I be that's that's where that's where my listening rather than talking okay. all the time comes in and trying to and trying to sit there and actually analyze individuals as you're as you're uh, as you're communicating uh, with them so that that uh, this brings up a different question um, do you treat everyone equally or since everyone is diverse you treat everyone differently yeah that's that's a good question I you know it's, it's pretty much by by treating them differently it's almost equal uh, okay because Okay. Because you know, I'm, I, you know, they. <laughs> Good you know, comeback. I mean, I mean I, I've had, uh, I've had, uh, you know, I mean, my my workforces have been very diverse. Uh, you know, black and white. I mean, at 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 Cleveland Water was at Cleveland Water was fifty fifty white okay. and black, and then then I had you know then you had Arabic employees and you had all kinds of different employees. Same thing, male, female, and then um, you know, and there's just so many different things as i said outside of the traditional diversity issues of family life and mm -hmm. and what ha and what have you so um, no i mean it it it's it's treated you treat everybody as equal as you can okay. okay now again there are employees that are that are or or people or customers even that are just so contentious and so uh negative uh that you can't treat them I understand. The same. I mean, I uh, you know, and, and so you have to, that you have to, you have to deal with. 
Julius, thank you so much for uh, spending your time with me, with us, uh, answering those questions. I'm sure I forgot a few and I will probably have to come back and dig even deeper and pick your brain and learn from you. Thank you so much for your time. Um, guys, again, if you have questions, let me know. We can do a part two and dig deeper. Um, I hope you got something out of it. Thank you so much for your time and uh, stay sore. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you.